Welcome to episode 23 of Escape the Rat Race Radio. I'm your host, Christian Rodwell, and this is your ticket to escape the nine to five. Don't just focus on being good at something. Focus on being good at something and being good at business as well. I would rather try and fail. I, I can definitely live with trialing and failing, but I cannot live with not trying. I can't really bear that. That would be the biggest regret that I had this idea and I never actually gave it a go or, or I had this opportunity and I never even explored it. And if the opportunity turns out to be nothing or if the idea turns out to be nonsense and it all ends up failing, then at least I can live with myself to know that, hey, I give it a good shot. I can't live with myself in that sort of limbo phase of I don't know what could have been or should have, would have, could have. On this week's episode of Escape the Rat Race Radio, I'm very pleased to welcome Junior Ogunyemi. Now, Junior is someone that I've known for over a year now, and he really is someone that cares about the success of up-and-coming aspiring entrepreneurs. He is the founder of Entrepower, previously the Entrepreneur Academy London, where he invited over 150 aspiring entrepreneurs to be part of a very, very supportive community. And he had speakers every month from leading entrepreneurs in the UK Names such as James Kahn from Dragon's Den, Kanya King, Mobo, Brad Burton, Carrie Green, and many, many others. So if you're someone that is looking to escape the rat race right now, maybe you've already been working on your escape plan for several months, maybe even a few years, and you're still not quite there, then I think you're going to learn some really valuable lessons from a conversation with Junior today. And some of the tools that he's used, such as writing a book, which have really elevated his status and allowed him to start generating an income from speaking, which has led to so many other opportunities. So listen carefully. There's going to be some real golden nuggets of wisdom in our conversation today. So let's not wait any longer and head over to my interview with Junior Ogunyemi. So welcome, Junior, to Escape the Rat Race Radio. How are you today? Hey, I'm really good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. It's brilliant to uh, catch up with you. It's been a few months since we last spoke, and in that time, you have brought your wonderful uh, Entrepreneur Academy London event to a finale, which yes. I was I was very, very uh, privileged to be part of last year with so many other aspiring entrepreneurs. So that was a wonderful experience, and we'll come on to that in a, in a short while. Um, but before we do that, let me just ask you, where in the world are you today? Location-wise, uh, so I mean. I'm just in my home <laughs> office at the moment, um, yeah. over in North London. Yeah, yeah. North London until so. I'm enjoying a nice summery afternoon summer slash autumn i think the summer's fading away now so <laughs> it is it is yeah well i've just obviously spent the summer out in lisbon portugal so i've got my dose of sunshine for this <laughs> year and it's uh, it's back to the uk and it's actually brilliant to be back we had our meetup event last night and it was great to see everyone and, and just be back in the thick of it oh, so back. junior for those of our listeners who have not had the privilege of, of meeting you or hearing you talk why don't you just give us a little bit of a background on yourself and who you are and what you do? I'm a serial entrepreneur myself. I, I coach other entrepreneurs as well. And I'm an author of two books. The first book was How to Be a Student Entrepreneur. And uh, the second book was Six Strategies to Get Out of the Rat Race. I spend most of my time now working with 
entrepreneurs who are either transitioning from the nine to five into setting up their own business. And I also still work with universities and colleges and educational institutions, especially off the back of the first book. I became well known as a speaker, particularly in schools and and universities. And I worked on several government campaigns to encourage entrepreneurship around the UK. I started winning lots of different awards for the business ventures I was doing. I've worked with venture capitalists to help mentor and train their pool of entrepreneurs that they invest in. And and yeah, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a an activist to encourage entrepreneurship. I always get excited when one of my clients or someone I know comes up to me and says, you know, I've just quit my job or, or a student says I'm not going to apply for a job. I'm actually just going to set up my business and go forward with it. It's quite exciting. It's like, yes, I've got another one converted. <laughs> yeah, so it's, no, uh, yeah that's, that, awesome. that's pretty much what I spend most of my time doing. You're still a young man, Junior, and you you started at an early age with the whole entrepreneurial mindset. I'm curious as to, A, if you ever actually ruined the rat race yourself and what encouraged you to get into business at such an early age? I've never actually worked a normal job (laughs) to the shock of my parents. I've, yeah... I've never, I mean, I've got an NI card, but I've never really used it other than businesses that I, I own. I think it was probably my oldest brother who gave me the, the first push um, because he's you know, 10 years older than me. And, and he, he moved into entrepreneurship by setting up his own business. And he used to always go to these seminars and these books. And, and I used to pick up there and start to read things. So I, I knew a little bit about entrepreneurship just by watching him and he he was always sort of a, a bit different to everybody else he was wanting to push boundaries and things like that that started to shape my thinking in terms of you know should I become an entrepreneur I was one of those kids at school which I was a jack of all trades basically I was good at science good at math good at English good at sports captain of the debate team it was pretty much every option was open I knew that I always wanted to get paid for something I loved doing that was the big thing for me it has to be something that I love doing and I saw a lot of people, especially adults at the time, and I was probably about 15 or 16, and I saw a lot of adults who were slaving away at work, and they said it was a career path that they chose and they loved, but then they'd probably fallen out of love with it or, or for whatever reason. Yes, yeah, so it's cut a long story short, and I saw people like my mum always moaning about her boss and, and people like that, and it just put a negative stigma in my mind about having a boss or having someone tell you what to do. So I always wanted to somehow be my own boss and do something that I love. And at that age, I was quite young and quite naive. I thought, you know what, I'm going to get paid to play football because that's one thing that I love. And then I thought the next best thing to playing football would be coaching football. Again, going back to another conversation I had quite early on with my older brother, he said to me, he said, imagine if we had a rich uncle who would pay us a million pounds every single year, but there was one condition that we had to do one thing that we loved. What would your thing be? And then that's when I decided I think my thing would be helping other people make it to the Premier League level and start to coach football. And I started doing that and I I couldn't really find anyone to pay me other than a few parents. So they started to pay me to coach their kids and then they started to grow into a really big football academy. I started to bring in some more coaches, started to do some marketing, started to do training sessions and apply for funding and things like this. And lo and behold, I was developing all these different entrepreneurial skills just following my passion. And then after that, I realized that, you know, these skills can also be used to other things that I love. So literally, I went on a mission to try and create a business in everything that I loved in the fashion sector and this and that. And, and that's when I started to do that whole dabbling stage of entrepreneurship. 
and uh, I just fell more and more in love with it as I was learning more and more from mentors and books I was reading and it's always good when you're making a bit of money and all your other classmates are looking at you thinking who is this kid Richie Rich how's he always getting all this money from? so that's always a good motivator but by the time I was going to university I made it a mission to make enough money to pay off all the tuition fees and that was that was my only goal so I, I went really serious with business there and thankfully I achieved that goal by the time I was like second year of uni I'd moved out on my own I'd bought my second car I was I was really enjoying the lifestyle of being an entrepreneur. And yeah, I had, I had a lot of people who come up to me and say, hey, Junior, I see what you're doing. You seem to be doing well. It all looks legal. How do you do this stuff? So I, I started to basically share my expertise and stuff that I was learning and things that, and how I'd done things with other people. And that's where, it's, I guess, it led me to my next phase of, of really coaching people. And, and that's, that's where I've been at for the past 10 years now, just coaching other entrepreneurs and, and teaching them how to, to make it happen for themselves. Wow, that is truly inspirational. You really are at the heart of the entrepreneurial scene in London now. And, you know, credit to you for, for the hard work that, that's brought you to that point. And you're so respected as well. You know, I see that when I'm at the events, how you're, you know, you really are so genuine and so caring for, for others. You know, you really do want to see others Thank succeed you. And, and you put so much effort into into helping those people. And, and you talk there about what is it that you wanted to do and you wanted to help people, you know, and get into the Premier League. And I often ask that question as well of people, you know, if someone was going to write you out a check for like £10,000 a month, but you had to do something, you had to work in some way mm. to, in order to keep receiving that check, what would you do? And invariably, it's all was helping people whether it's helping people get fit helping people get rich helping people improve their soccer skills it's nice in a way that you know that is the human nature to help others uh, when you boil it down and is that what you find with with most people that, that you work with and coach as well yeah yeah definitely you get two types of people you get people who think it's about helping themselves and that's the way to get to their towards their goal and then you get the people who discover that the way that I get my goal is actually by helping other people get their goal. And that's where the magic starts to happen. So, you know, you, you will, I do bump into a lot of people who are sort of misguided and they start to think, I need to accumulate as much wealth as I can. I need to do this for myself. I need to build this myself. But ultimately, it's all about adding value. If you add value, people will give you tokens of value in exchange, which is basically money. And that's where you start to get whatever you need. I used to quote Jim Rohn on this, but I saw recently it was accredited to Zig Ziglar. That if you help enough people get yeah. what they want, you'll get everything yeah, that you exactly. want. Exactly. So you mentioned one of your books there, Junior, and that was How to Be a Student Entrepreneur. So at what point were you, what age were you when you wrote that book? And, and just tell us a little bit about the process behind that. You know, how easy was it to, to write your first book and, and how did you get it out there yeah, and what sort sure. of impact did that um, So I, I, it's quite a funny story. Basically, I was at an event and I, I just graduated. So I was about 21 years old, just graduated. I knew I wanted to do more stuff in entrepreneurship. And I was at an event listening to, I think, Tony Robbins and just all these other big speakers. I think Lord Sugar was there and things like that. It was very inspiring, you know, listening to these people. You just want to take over the whole world. And I was on my way to the toilet at the end. And then they had someone that tried to sign me up for uh, an author's course. So I was just being a bit cheeky. And I was like, you know, I'm already an author. It's all right. I just want to go to the toilet. Thanks. Leave me alone. They started, they pulled me over and said, tell me more about the book. And because I just graduated and all I knew was entrepreneurship, I said, oh, the book's called How to Be a Student Entrepreneur. And then I started to basically just blag my way and talk about things that I thought should be in a book like that. And then lo and behold, I got a phone call about three days later from a sister company of theirs. They're basically a publishing company. 
they called me up and said, oh, are you Junior Ogunyemi? I said, yeah. They said, uh, are you the author of How to Be a Student Entrepreneur? I said, uh, yeah. Bear in mind, I haven't written one word of this book yet. And then they said, can you tell us a bit more about the book? And, and again, I just started to talk about things that I thought should be in a book like that, basically. And then they said, how, how many pages is it? And I said, well, on my laptop, it's about 100 or so pages. And then they paused for a second and they said, okay, yeah, that's good. I thought, a few. <laughs> and, and then they asked me how many chapters is it? And then I said, um, around about nine chapters. And they said, oh, well, normally we expect 12 chapters. I said, yeah, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12, I'm still working on it. <laughs> and then you know, basically by the end of the conversation, they offered me a, a publishing contract. They said, if you send a book in to us within the next month, and just quickly put the finishing touches to it and send it into us in the next month. We'll look to get it published if we like it. I said, yeah, sure, no problem. And then I got off the phone and I realized that I needed to write a book in a month. <laughs> Otherwise, my, my big opportunity and my integrity would be on the line. So in true entrepreneurial fashion, I jumped and started to build my wings on the way down. <laughs> and uh, I, I turned my old bedroom into an office and then I started to basically spend the remaining three to four weeks just writing my heart out. And yeah, I completed a book in, in three weeks. And I think it was possible to do it that quick because I was already teaching other people. I'd already got in the habit of teaching other people how to do certain things and, and what mindset they should be in. So it was literally just me standing in front of a, a laptop and just talking to myself and typing. And then because I'd never written a book before and, and, I, and I actually don't know how you know, the, the whole process was, I, I got it independently proofread and edited so what usually happens is you you'll send it off for proofreading first and based on the proofreading they'll give you a quote on how much work is required for the editing so I got the proofreading back and uh, the proofreader said you know what it fell in place perfectly first draft you hit the nail on the head <laughs> and this is the best piece of work I've seen there's nothing to really change I'm just going to make one or two minor edits but there's no no real changes there you don't need to pay anything for editing it's fine um, well, yeah. you're natural. <laughs> and with that seal of approval, then I, I gave it over to the publishers and, and they, they basically reiterated it and said, this is amazing. We want to publish it. And then four months later, it was launched that London business startup show in front of about 3,000 people. And then the journey began, basically. <laughs> when was that? What year was that? That was late 2011. I think it was November 2011 it was first published. I remember that week quite vividly because... Three weeks just after it was launched, I was doing literally two to three events per day, talking up and down the country as part of a whole big PR campaign to, to promote the book. And then that's also where people started to realize, oh, he's actually quite a good speaker. Let's pay him to do this. And I said, yeah, I don't mind. <laughs> so I got myself into a lot of speaking work. And, and I guess that's where I spend most of my time now. And I'm most known as, as a, an inspirational speaker or a coach. And I'm sure there's there's many people listening now who 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 understand the importance of a book in that kind of jigsaw puzzle of building your personal brand and the opportunities. They often say, you know, you, you're not going to make loads of money mm -hmm. from the book sales alone, but it's all the spin-off opportunities uh, and the brand. And then, as you say, being able to go out and charge good fees to speak. Um, and, and you've had international speaking uh, opportunities yeah, as well. Yeah, I've now, been able you? to speak on, on um, TEDx, spoke across Europe. Um, I'm actually going over to Dubai next month to speak at a global conference. And I've pretty much done almost every single school across the UK at this time as well. I love the speaking part because you get to interact with people, you get to meet people. 
the book is is almost just a ticket to doing that. And in fact, if anybody writes a book, definitely be prepared to be a speaker as well, because that, that's probably the best advice I can give any author. Because the moment you become an author, you are literally the authority figure on that topic, and everybody wants to hear what the authority figure has to say. So it, it does definitely open the the doors for for more PR and um, more business opportunities and speaking opportunities. I know m- many authors just, I guess they want to stay behind the, the pen and paper and, and not speak, but it does wonders for your career and, and it's, a, it's a natural progression. Uh, I didn't actually expect that when I first wrote my, my, when I wrote my first book. Obviously, I just wrote the book because I saw the opportunity there. I never expected to be a speaker. However, it was something that I just sort of fell into. So in hindsight, I'll be a lot more prepared and I'd always advise people always be prepared to do a lot more public speaking afterwards. There's so much I want to go on to, but just just on whilst we're talking about the book, there's a lot of people who, who write a book and then it's kind of finished and they're like, OK, what do I do now? And maybe those speaking opportunities and things don't come. What's the one piece of advice? Yeah, that that's a very good question, because I guess it's not just with authors, it's with any creative or anybody that has a a gift and a talent but they can't build a business around it i guess the best piece of advice i can give is your your skill or your talent is not enough you need to make money from it by building a business around it ed sharon he's a great musician but he's actually a business and and you have to look at it in that sense cristiano ronaldo is a very talented footballer but he's also a product he's a business there's a business around him and if you're going to make serious money doing what you love or around your passion, being good at something is not enough because, you know, you, you get into that whole starving actor or starving artist syndrome where, you know, you're very creative, you're very, very good at something, but whenever you present it to the world, you can't sell it. I meet many authors who are like that and, you know, they're really, they're, their books are amazing, but if nobody knows about it, it doesn't mean anything. So all the business principles from how to sell, how to market, um, how to network, how to build a business model. It's all very relevant if you're going to monetize from your from your gift and from your talent. I don't think anybody can become super successful without building the business side of things. And and, and I understand that most creatives probably don't want to get into that. Um, I meet loads of people who come on my business courses and they're like, no, Junior, can you just do this for me? Because I just want to stick to the fun part and, and do all the creative work. I don't want to have to worry about money or I don't want to have to charge for it. But the two go hand in hand um, because a business is just basically a, a system. It's a system to, to monetize from value. If your product is valuable, that's just one half of it. The other half is you now need to build an, a system or even an ecosystem so that you can get that value to the people who would give you tokens of value in exchange. Just in, in summary, basically, don't just focus on being good at something. Focus on being good at something and being good at business as well. You know, I'm a big advocate of Wealth Dynamics profile test from Roger Hamilton. And there's obviously many, many uh, profile tests out there, which can help people to just get really clear on what their unique talents are. And and then to understand maybe who you need to find as part of your entrepreneurial team. So that you're not trying to do everything on your own. And if maybe sales and marketing is not your strength, then you can maybe find people in your team that can assist a bit more with that. Or if it's yeah. systems or creativeness or service whatever it may be yeah it's very true so that was the first book and that had a big impact clearly and and led to all the speaking gigs and then how long was it until you brought out the second book 
So the second book came, I think it was 2016. So it was almost five years, actually. To be honest, I actually had the idea for the second book in 2014, but I was still so busy around the buzz and the workload of the first book that it, it just didn't die down. And entrepreneurship, especially amongst youth, was becoming ever more popular. So I didn't actually get the luxury of time to sit down again and, and write. That's what took me, I guess, a longer period to write this, the, the second one. Um, but the second one came at the stage where most people who read the first book had grown with me. So they'd gone into a, a career without really knowing what you know, their purpose is in life or what they really want to do. But just because they needed to pay the bills, they've gone into a career. And then they're, now they're coming back to me to say, hey, Junior, you know about entrepreneurship. Can you help me get out of the rat race? I'm not one to sort of tell people, yeah, just go fire your boss and walk away because, you know, let's be realistic. People have bills to pay and they have responsibilities. Some people have children. So I always try to create a strategy. I do think it's possible for everybody to get out of the rat race. And I started to create these pathways and these strategies for people to go through. And then I realized I was pretty much saying the same thing to different people. But there was only like six different strategies that I'll give people. So I started to come up with this framework and this concept about six strategies to get out of the rat race because everybody I spoke to always fell in one of one of these six strategies. The whole strategy is there to do to help you decide if you should leave the rat race and also when you should leave the rat race. Would you mind giving us a brief summary yeah, of, the, of yeah, those definitely. six strategies? So, so basically um just, just to give you some context, it's it's all dependent on a few factors. Number one, whether you have a high level of responsibility or whether you currently have a low level of responsibility. And then the other factors to consider are whether you love your job, whether you hate your job, or whether you don't even have a job. I, what I do, I draw basically like a matrix. And if you can imagine at the top of it, it has a, a column full of people with low level responsibility and people with high level responsibility. And then there's three rows. Uh, the first row is people who hate their job. The second row is people who love their job. And the third row is people who don't have a job. And I was thinking, you know, what would be a, a really memorable way to to categorize each person? You know, you have like personality tests where they say, you know, you're a blue or, or they name you after flowers or, or gemstones. And I thought, well, why don't we name them after farm animals? <laughs> so it's, a, it's just a sort of funny way to remember it. So I talk about six different farm animals, basically. The first one is the horse. And the horse is basically someone that has a high level of responsibility. So it's quite a big farm animal and they hate their job. If you can imagine a horse just being cooped up in, in the stables all day and it really wants to be out there on a racetrack and do something different. And then you also have the other people who have a low level of responsibility, but they also hate their job. And, and I call those the chickens and chickens, are, you know, smaller animals. So they've got less responsibility. And then you have the people who love their jobs, which are the cows and the, the sheep. So cows have high level responsibility, but they actually love their job. And the sheep has a low level responsibility and loves its job. And then you have the, the other two animals, which are not actually farm animals. And these are the people that don't actually have a job, but might have a high level of responsibility, which is the fox. And then you have uh, the last one, which is someone that has no job but has very little responsibilities in life and that's what I call a mouse. So an example of a mouse might be a university student. They're probably still living at home with their mum and dad 
um, and they haven't you know got much responsibilities, but they haven't signed themselves off to a job yet. Um, so they're probably thinking, should I be an entrepreneur? When? How do I get out of the rat race? When should I do it? In in the scenario of a mouse, which I was when I was in university, I'll say, yeah, just go go ahead and do it. Those people, I'll say, you know, go and jump. If, for example, we had someone who was a a horse, so they had a high level of responsibility, and but they really hated their job, I wouldn't tell them to just go ahead and do it. I'll, I'll first of all sit down and create a uh, a timeline for them and runway of when they should do do it and how long they can actually bear their job for. Typically, because they're working and if they have a high level of responsibility, they might have uh, a lot of cash flow, but not a lot of time. So if someone's a horse, I'd usually tell them, first of all, get a business partner and you pump the money in while your business partner pumps the time in. So keep your job. Use, use the income from your job to actually build your, your get out business, basically, or your side business that's going to help you and your business partner escape. But because you don't have any time to put towards it because you're probably working full time, get a business partner on board. And then that will be the quickest way for you to, to both basically get out of the rat race. And then there's other people like that, the cow and the sheep who actually love what they're doing. They've already found their calling, found their, their purpose, but they're probably just not getting paid enough for it. They might not even necessarily need to leave their job. They can probably stay in their job because, again, it's not I don't I wouldn't say everybody should leave their job. Some people are are genuinely content and it is their dream job and they're getting very well paid for it. So, you know, fair play to you. The only reason I'd say go set up a business was for that extra level of security because we know there, there pretty much is no such thing as job security nowadays. So that would be the only circumstance where I'll tell them, you know, go set up a business. The fact that you love your job, keep doing what you're doing, basically. So it depends on on pretty much what stage people are at, whether they've got a high level of responsibility or a low level of responsibility. Uh, whether they love their job, hate their job, or whether they don't actually have a job yet. Based on that, the book basically answers whether you should leave your job in the first place and go set up a business. And if you are going to go set up a business, how you should go about setting up the business, whether you go for a business partner, whether you just go for it and take the leap, whether you start to build up cash flow first. And well, yeah, it just basically paints a path. So, it's, so everyone gets a lot more clarity around this big sort of mystery question. Well, thanks for sharing that. And, and I think it's super important there because we see especially in London, at so many events every weekend, you've got so much going on that people who are at that crossroads looking for a new path, like an escape plan, it can be so overwhelming for so many people because everyone's telling you, you can get rich doing this, you can build your wealth. And some people dive into something and it's just not the right yeah, fit for them yeah, or it's not the right time. Taking a moment to just assess that, go through that matrix there and just say, okay, well, this is maybe the right direction for me, or maybe I shouldn't do this just yet. Or as you say, maybe I need to look for a partner and then we'd be have much more success working in tandem. So that's that's really, really yeah, useful, yeah, I think. Some people. of the testimonies from the book has been quite amazing how people have grasped it. And it, it, I mean, everything I try to do, I just try to simplify it for people who are at that crossroads or, or their judgment is quite clouded. Because the danger is, as you mentioned, there's a lot of information, there's a lot of opportunities. You can really get caught up in the hype of reading, you know, blog articles and, and headlines about this person who just quit their job and they made millions of pounds online and being a digital nomad or, or this person who went into property and then they just made millions. And the reality is that that's probably usually an exceptional case. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody, I guess, should do that. But then there's also the other angle of things of, 
when should I actually do this? Is now the best time? It depends on what's happening in life. And that's where I start to throw in the, the things about, you know, look at your responsibilities. Don't just make an emotional decision. Some people, I know some people who they've had a bad day at work and they've just come up with a conclusion that, yep, I'm going to quit my job right now. And, you know, you're making a long-term decision based on such a short-term emotion. Or, or I really hate my coworker, so that's why I wanted to go set up a business. Well, a business, you could hate your business partner as well, or you could get a couple of clients that, that you hate as well. So just because you, you hate your coworker is not necessarily grounds for you to go set up a business because that could be just as hard. And what if your coworker leaves tomorrow? Then all of a sudden you go back to loving your business or your, 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 your employment. It's always cloudy for most people. So I just try to create a bit of clarity with, with what I do, basically. So it's been really interesting hearing your journey evolve, Junior, and I think it's one that so many of our listeners will be on at some different level and different stage of that journey themselves. And this has led into events where you are now hosting really, really big events in London. And we talked about the Entrepreneur Academy London earlier on which has been a phenomenal success. And I just want to touch on that. I also want to thank you, first of all, because two of our early podcast guests, which were Carrie Green and Brad Burton, I made the connection with them through the Entrepreneur Academy London. So thank you for that. I kind of stole them and said, "Come, come on the podcast. And obviously, then I was like, we have to get Junior as well, because Junior is the man that brought everything together. So, I mean, tell us a little bit about that, because I know that that's going under a rebrand now and you're about to launch the, the, yeah, the second yeah. coming of that. So tell us what the Entrepreneur Academy London is. So the Entrepreneur Academy basically is an accelerator program for, for entrepreneurs to share with each other. It's a big mastermind group. It's a, it's a massive mastermind group, actually, where I think last year we had told to about 150 entrepreneurs. Um, and we every single month we get guest speakers who have been there, done that, got the T-shirt to come down and basically share the reality of what it is to, to be an entrepreneur and, and, and just basically teach tons and tons and tons of content so people can go away, apply it to their business, and then they come back next month for another dose. So it's, it's basically three key elements. Number one is the, is the skills. We want entrepreneurs to develop skills and I think I got sick of going to loads of seminars where they don't actually teach you enough content for what you pay for. I think that's where it started, started to really stir up the whole idea of, a, of the academy where the speakers aren't there to necessarily sell anything. They're just there to give value. I think that's where it's most effective. And then we also got the networking aspect, which we, we knew would be useful to people, but we didn't. I think we really underestimated how much people actually valued the network. Because I, I, again, I used to hate going to business or networking events where you'll exchange business cards with someone and then you'll never hear from them again. So we really wanted it to be a bit of a closed networking group where you can start to foster and build relationships properly. So you can get lifelong supporters, you can get people to give you feedback on your products and stuff like that. And, and also give, give the entrepreneurs the opportunity to pitch to one another in, in case there was any business out there or, or if there's any support that was required and partnerships that can be formed. And then we also do stuff like social events as well. The other side was the inspirational part because I don't know any entrepreneur who hasn't felt that given up at least 10 times <laughs> because especially at the startup phase, it's, it can be very, very difficult. And sometimes just hearing people who've been there, done that, and, and they've been in your situation and transitioned out of it is the most timely thing you can hear. 
not only would they give you strategies, but they, they usually end up giving you quite a lot of hope and motivation. And, you know, we've had people say that from one session at the academy, they've done more work than they've ever done in their entire life. And uh, I think that's a testament to our speakers and, and the environment of the members that they create amongst themselves in terms of being a, such a, an amazing support group for one another. And, and literally, they, they really are each other, you know, they're, they're brother's keeper, and, and they support each other to the fullest. I, I guess I can't even really take credit for how overwhelmingly amazing it's been. I think it's, it's been more the members and people like yourself sharing and supporting each other and other people and, and definitely our speakers and, and the team that we have put together. So that's basically what the whole academy is. And that's, that's why it was designed. I, I wanted a place where entrepreneurs can come together, share ideas, and also learn without being sold to every week. And also, I guess, a place where they can pick up their dose of inspiration. Because when you are out there and you're alone, sometimes even your own family members might not believe in your idea. It, it can be very discouraging. When things are riding high, you know, everybody wants to celebrate you. But when things are going low, having somewhere like the academy that you can come into for, for a pick-me-up is, is just, just what the doctor ordered sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is testament to, to you as well, Junior. I'll, I'll say that because the, the community vibe, I think, uh, was, was, was so special that I've made so many relationships, business relationships from uh, that community, people that I'm really, really good friends with now that I speak to. Oh, so, um, so, you know, I want to thank you once again on behalf of everyone um, for putting that together. And you mentioned earlier to me, um, you're going making some changes with that so tell us a little bit about yeah, how so, um, phase two so is going to look the name um we found that entrepreneur academy london was 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 very generic although we did make quite a, a big brand we we've now relaunched it to be entrepower in a sense when there's, there's power when entrepreneurs come together and that's what's sort of been proven and and i think the name was always a a, a guinea pig name anyway but yeah, so now we've, we've rebranded it into Entrepower Academy. We've added a digital arm. So now members also get access to digi digital content courses, all free. Um, and it's all, all included into their package as well. We've now added a, an Entrepreneur Summit. Many of the big name speakers that we had last year, we're going to now invite them back so that everybody can see all the speakers in one, one conference, basically. I still don't know how we're going to fit all the speakers on one stage. We might have to go into a two-day conference, but... <laughs> It's going to be, wow. yeah, it's going to be a very be a big event. event. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so yeah, it's the first time we're going to do that summit. And, and you know, we're, we're hoping for you know, at least 500 people at that summit. That's going to be one of the biggest things we have. And then we're still going to be doing our, our monthly mastermind groups for people to come learn. But this time the, the groups are going to be focused more on, or each session is going to be focused on different topics. So one month might be a, an expert sharing their, their uh, expertise on fundraising. Another one might be a marketing guru. Another one might be a sales coach. Um, and then they'll come down and basically share and teach with our members. But pretty much everything else that we did last year that got right, we're, we're going to continue to do that. We've also forming quite a lot of partnerships. Based on the success of last year, we've been connecting with some of the biggest government agencies in entrepreneurship. Um, and they've actually reached out to us because you know they have a network of almost 200,000 businesses and there's not much support that they can provide around startups. So they come to us for, for, for support on that side of things. So we're, we're forming some partnerships, which basically means for our members, once they do leave the academy or as they start to grow their business past the you know, zero to two years phase, we can now signpost them to people to get possible investment, further funding, further training if it needs to be, uh, international expansion. And yes, yeah, so that's, that's really... Uh, 
a big bonus. Um, and that's, that's also what's led to part of the rebrand as well, just being able to merge with other organizations to, to take things further. I think the name is spot on because it is powerful what you're providing there. And we're not talking about thousands and thousands of pounds to get involved here either. I mean, the value that you deliver is incredible. I'm certain that there's going to be many listeners who are at a stage where they feel that they need that extra support. So for anyone that is interested in, in having a look and finding yeah, out more I'll about that, Junior, where it's would you point entrepower, them? Uh, as an entrepreneur, power, entrepower.co.uk. Um, and yeah, it, it's not thousands and thousands of pounds. Um, literally, depending on the package that you want and how much support you need, we'll make sure it fits within the budget. But uh, I don't think any of our programs even go beyond 800 pounds and the lowest you know you can jump on for about 25 pounds a month actually so we we've, we've we, we try to make it inclusive for everybody we do have a sort of vetting phase where we we like to speak to you at least and find out what need what support you you need but it's not to really turn people away it's just to make sure that we get them onto the best package basically that fits their their need no, so go check that out. Absolutely. I couldn't recommend it highly enough. And of course, that's in London right now. I'm sure in the future, as things grow, you may look to take that international. But at the moment in London, and I mean, you pulled in some heavyweight guests uh, last year. You know, we had yeah. James Khan there um, from Dragon's Den and Kanye King, mm-hmm. you know, real serious, big time entrepreneurs. Yeah, so, was, um, yeah, was, amazing. Really great amazing there. And, and, and I think that was all part of it in the sense where let's get people that you know are respected in the industry and they can really give a holistic view because one thing that they all had in common was they all started from very humble beginnings which is where i envisioned a lot of our entrepreneurs would be at so all the speakers started from very humble beginnings and brad burton talking about he's 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 troubles with substance abuse and going in and out of jail and Kanye King talking about you know being a, a single mother and, and just starting out and things like that and, and Carrie Green being a starting out from being a student lost in the world and having no direction to to building a huge platform and you know, people like Bianca Miller as well and going from from nowhere to being overnight celebrity on an apprentice that's one thing that we always looked at and that's I think that's a theme that we want to keep just to show people that you know it is it is possible and yeah, it's definitely possible. And it's definitely something that we would encourage that no matter what stage you're at, there's the support there for you. And, and these are how these people did it. I like that a lot. You know, I think that just really sums up the, the whole entrepreneur spirit there yeah. that you can't hide behind excuses. You have to take 100% responsibility because if you want it badly enough, then you can make it happen. You can't blame other people or the circumstances because we've all got the same circumstances we've all got issues we've all got things that are holding us back if we let them but if you really really are determined and you get your mindset right and you get the right people around you and then you're focused then you know there's nothing that can stop you you know i know that you have helped so many people to get on that path junior as well so we're coming to the end of our time i just want to i always ask our guests uh, towards the end firstly as an entrepreneur you know do you have any regrets for for that lifestyle do you sometimes wish that you did have that safe secure job sat at desk every day with that <laughs> um, nice commute <laughs> nah not really <laughs> in the midst of the worst times it's easy to doubt or regret it's very but once you get to the end result yeah. you realize that you know, i'm glad i didn't i'm glad i didn't turn back i'm glad i didn't quit what I realise is that it's, it's a journey and I've got to the stage now where I don't even look at my bank account because if you look at the bank account and there's loads of zeros there and loads of, and it's quite quite good, then you, you can sometimes get a bit complacent and think, you know, you're doing really well and get carried away. 
And if you look at the bank account and it's in minus, then you can get a bit discouraged and start to panic. But you realize that there is no such thing as security, really. There never is. It's always an illusion. And even if it, even if worse comes to worse and, you know, you're doing all these entrepreneurial things and, and they fail. And, and I have failed at many, many entrepreneurial ventures. Probably for every successful venture I've created, it's probably about 10 different failures as well. I think the the thing about me is I, I made a decision and I always remind myself of the decision that I would rather try and fail. I, I can definitely live with trialing and failing, but I cannot live with not trying. I can't really bear that. That will be the biggest regret um, that I had this idea and I never actually gave it a go or, or I had this opportunity and I never even explored it and if the opportunity turns out to be nothing or if the idea turns out to be nonsense and it all ends up failing then at least I can live with myself to know that hey I give it a good shot I can't live with myself in that sort of limbo phase of I don't know what could have been or I should have would have could have I think that that really drives me throughout the the tough times and you know you, you ride the storms and you know when cash flow is hard you, you say yeah no I wish I, there was security but then cash flow turns really good and then you go back and take more crazy risks <laughs> and you just keep going basically and that's one thing I learned that the behavior patterns of most entrepreneurs don't really change it doesn't matter about how much money they have if you have 10 pounds you risk that 10 pounds to try and get 100 if you have a thousand pounds you risk that thousand pounds to try and get a uh, hundred thousand if you have 10 million you risk that to try and get a billion but yeah you it's it's what's what's consistent is that you continue to take risks because on the other side of that risk is the reward you have to take the risk otherwise there is no no reward in the end otherwise you, you will have to just be content with where you are but if you know that you can do more you can be more you can have more you have to take that risk because that's where the growth lies wise words wonderful words leaves on there junior and inspiration for anyone listening now who's maybe considering something but the fear is holding them back they say that you know on the deathbed the things that people regret are not the things that they did but the Definitely. things that they didn't do so just do it <laughs> exactly it's junior it's been a pleasure speaking with you i really really have enjoyed our conversation thank yeah. you so much Chris. yeah and we mentioned entrepower there .co.uk for those that are interested in maybe finding out more about how they can get involved in the launch yeah. which is coming i know at the end of september 2017 and um for anyone else who wants to just find out a bit more about you or connect with you online junior do you use social media website that people can go to yeah um so you can just search my name juniorvme.com i'm also on instagram and twitter as jr underscore entrepreneur and i'm on facebook it's just my name as well um and, but you can check out the academy our next event we basically we do events every single month it's usually the last wednesday of every month sometimes we do two events per month if anybody wants to come down to one of our events and try it out then by all means you're more than welcome just give the team a shout we'll send you a free ticket to come down and meet meet some of our team members and come and learn some stuff if it's not for you then so be it but if it if it is for you and i'm sure we would love to take you on that journey and help you get to that next level um i know we've done it with loads of other people but there's loads more out there that needs this type of support and and if that's you we're definitely available our doors are open people could just go onto our website entrepower.co.uk and um you can book a free ticket at our next event brilliant brilliant and i'll make sure that all the links are in the show notes so if you're listening now and just click on the image, bring up the show notes and all the links that we've talked about today will be in there as well. So Junior, thanks so much. I'm looking forward to catching up with you again really soon. I wish you and Lauren all the best moving forward. 
Excellent. Thank you so much. Well, I really hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation with Junior Ogunyemi and some of the lessons that he shared there, how he managed to pay off his student debt by year two, just by learning to think like an entrepreneur and take action. And it was following his passions, the things that he was really interested in, and then thinking, how can I monetize this? How can I share this with more people, leveraging his knowledge and his connections there and helping people? being at the heart of really what most people would do if money was no object and you had to pick something to do every day. What would that involve? And if you haven't thought about that, take some time to reflect on what that would be for you. I think one of the big lessons there, which comes out from all of my conversations across Escape the Rat Race radio shows with all of the guests that I've invited, is that determination and belief is core to the entrepreneur mindset. Without the belief in yourself, those tough times that are guaranteed to come along will grab you. The weeds will grab you and it will be tough to break through that. So support groups, mentors, crucially important. And without taking some risk, there is no reward. A very, very valuable thing to remember. So I thank Junior once again. And if you're interested, obviously, in checking out Entrepower, do head over to entrepower.co.uk. That's it for me. Final reminder, if you haven't already joined the Escape the Rat Race private Facebook group, head over to www.etrr.online forward slash Facebook, which will take you right there. And if you'd like to join and register for the next five step freedom formula webinar, then head over to etrr.online and you will see the big purple button right there ready for you to click and register your place. Wishing you a wonderful week ahead. See ya.